www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. I could do that right now. I uh, I kind of lost my voice at camp. I led uh, I led worship at a middle school camp this last week, and uh, during the, during that uh, during that week, we sang a lot. One of the songs we sang, kind of a the new popular song in uh, progressive churches. It's the um, "How He Loves" song is very uh very lyrically deep lots of imagery he is jealous for me loves like a hurricane i am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy anyway metaphorical metaphorical lyrically metaphorically speaking and uh yeah so there's this part on the song if you haven't heard it it's a pretty it's a cool song um but the chorus uh it gets really high. You're in the key of C, and the chorus goes all the way up to an F, which, which is high. I mean, you know, that that's pretty high for for congregational singing. And uh, so we're at this camp, and we're we're just you know we're just powering through the song. It's a real big rock ballad, and oh man, we get to that chorus, and we're just I mean, all of us, you know, we're just screaming it at the top of our lungs, just singing it, going for it. We ended up singing that chorus, you know. I don't know. We probably sang that how he loves us part like twenty or thirty times. Just you know, it was really cool though, man. I mean, God was definitely doing something at the camp. I think God was using that theme of of His love as kind of an anthem for these kids. Do you remember being in middle school? I don't remember it in a positive light. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I I don't know too many people who had a really good middle school experience. See, I was. I was never cool. Well, I don't think even the cool kids feel they're cool. That's my point, man. It's like everyone at middle school, like they have all these identity issues. They have all these, you know, feelings of insecurity. They they have loneliness. They have depression. They they have feelings of not being accepted. Um, I I don't know if there's a single you know middle school student who hasn't felt some of that at some point in their middle school career. You know. Mm-hmm. Even the cool ones. So to feel loved. So to feel loved is yeah. a huge, like, that's a huge thing. And that mm-hmm. kind of became uh, an underlying theme underlying theme during the week. And uh, so that song, How He Loves, was just very, very special, very important to the uh, the overall theme of the camp. And, uh, you know, 
just being able to share with these guys, hey, you know what? Like when when your friends don't accept you or when you feel like you don't fit in or when you're trying so hard to just get someone to talk to or feel loved or when you feel like your own parents don't love you or you can't get a or or you know you're trying to find love in a boyfriend or a girlfriend man like god loves you you know mm-hmm. and, and he doesn't just love you like he's jealous for you you know he he loves you so deep um uh you know if if uh, if his grace is an ocean we're all sinking uh, one of the lines there and anyway so Sorry, I'm kind of rambling. All I'm saying is we sang that song, and I lost my voice like crazy. There's this high part. Yeah, he loves us. Oh. You know, and it was, (laughs) oh, how he loves us. Oh. And I couldn't get, yeah, I I can't really get there anymore. (laughs) So I'm trying to just keep my voice pretty low, pretty mellow. So Kevin's without a voice, and... We're finishing up God songs. God songs. Party on. Yeah. Excellent. But uh, we're coming into summer, and every yeah. summer we all face the same thing. I'm facing it right now. Maybe you are. But, like, all of my volunteers are just, like, away. People on vacation. Yeah, they're on vacation. Like, all of a sudden, I only have one drummer because <laughs> the other two are working weird schedules now. You know, so it's like... Yeah, it's definitely summer. It's summer, but it's finally summer here in the Northwest. Well, yeah, we we've had <laughs> uh, for those of you who are keeping track of Northwest weather um, in your free time, because <laughs> um, that's or so exciting. Because you care what weather's like when you live in Australia, right? No, but uh, we in Portland, the Portland Vancouver area, um, here in that kind of Southwest Washington, North Northwest Portland area or Northwest Oregon area, we have had the one of the wettest Mays and June. Oh, it's the wettest. Of all time, is mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. In the history books. Yeah. Like, I, I think the month of June, it rained 20, was it 23 days out of the month it rained? In June? In June. Well, it, I don't think so. Oh, sorry, am I thinking May? <laughs> it's not, that's right, we're still in June, aren't we? Yeah. You're like, like looking at me like what? It's like it's like the 29th. And it's been <laughs> nice for like a week or something. So sorry, man. I mean May. That's what I'm trying to say. May. Yeah. It rained for like 23 days in May. Well, and then like for the first for the first two, two weeks, weeks of, of June, June it yeah. rained straight. And then all of a sudden, just bam, bam, we're summer. Yeah, yesterday was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Today, today is a little cloudy. But hey, I'm uh, wearing shorts though. That's a good sign. Yes, I always wear shorts because it's always summer in my office. I, yeah, I thanks to my Mac. <laughs> Which <laughs> it's always I like that. It's always summer in my office. I'm gonna get a palm tree <laughs> in a sandbox. It's like tropical. You need to just get like you know some nice blended beverages over here and stuff. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, but hey, we've got it. We've got another another rendition of. Can Kevin do oh, it? Oh, shoot. I forgot about this. Here we go. Here so, we go. Uh, can Kevin do it? 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 All right, Kevin. Oh, gosh. Can you name this pitch? Oh, snap. All right, let's see. It's not going to be easy either. 
Let's see. You can try and hum it if you want. See if you can figure it out. Let's see. Try, I'm trying to think of a constant. I need to have a constant in my head. So let's see. Um, is that a G? It's an F sharp. Oh, so close. Yep. Okay, I'm going to give you two more. All Dang. Right. So you got to clear that that pitch out of your mind. Okay, it's gone. <laughs> I want to say B flat. Is it? <laughs> it's a B flat. Yeah. All right. Best two out of three. Oh, man. Here we go. All right. So you got to get that out of your mind. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Gone. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Got to do a tricky one. It's going to be something normal. What's the, stop, stop with the <laughs> tricky stuff, dude. <laughs> You're killing me. All right. Oh. It sounds like the key of E, like, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Is it E? It is an E. Ah, nice. Two out of three. You said tricky. You were trying to fool me. There's nothing <laughs> tricky about that. I, I, I'm like, it kind of sounds like E. See, here's what I do. I don't have perfect pitch, but I have pretty good relative pitch. So if I can think of, like, a constant, like a song that I know pretty well, like, open the eyes of my heart, um, you know, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, then, then I, I can I can do pretty good with keys. But you said that you said it was gonna be a tricky one, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm hearing that note that E, and I'm like, I'm like, well, shoot, <laughs> it sounds like it should be open the eyes of my heart, but I'm thinking maybe it's like a you know a D sharp or you know <laughs> something funky. So can Kevin do it? He did it. Yes, he can. Two out of three. Woo. Q theme music. Can Kevin do it? Can Kevin? Nice. All right. So that's cool. So there you have it. Can Kevin do it? Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I feel better. I'm impressed. That was good. Thanks for somebody that doesn't have perfect pitch. Uh, I I had to fish around that first one. I was off. I was off a little. That's all right. like you, a half step. You know what I was using for my constant on that first one? I was using the How He Loves Us song. <laughs> and apparently I don't have that song as well in my head as I thought I did. But whatever. So uh, so here we are. Yeah, let's finish this book up. God's songs. We love it, man. We're hitting the coda. <laughs> I think we're both kind of tired of this book. Well, it's been like... 20 weeks or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> 20 weeks of going through this book. But, yeah, uh, we're about ready for it. So there's this whole coda and appendix, and actually two appendices, and a glossary, and we're just going to blow through the whole thing right now in the last, what, what do we have left, like 15, 20 minutes or something? Yeah, like 20 minutes. But we're all not right. really going to hit the appendices at all. No. We're, we're going to let you read those. There's song types that have not made it. You can go check that out. The ABCs of music, we've referenced that before. Yeah, it's like a music theory section. Yeah, there's a glossary, a checklist for songwriters, which is good. We'll, we'll cover that real quickly. But um, So, Coda, go for it, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Go for it. Go for it. That's the title of the coda, which is appropriate. Um, which yeah. the uh, the Fourth of July festival in Longview is called Go Forth. Oh gosh, are you serious? Yeah. That's and it's so... like it's like huge. It's like the biggest thing that happens in Longview all year long. Oh really? Yeah. So it is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Go forth. Go forth. Mm-hmm. I should call my pastor buddy in Longview and be like, just call him up, leave some cryptic message like, "Hey man, I just wanted to." We just want to call and, and uh, proclaim for you to go forth into all the nations and see if he gets it. You should do that. He's like, wait a minute. Do you do you know? Do you know about Longview? Are you aware? Um, yeah, go for it. That's Dakota. Basically, you know this this code is kind of like, all right. So, you know, you feel called to write songs. It's what you want to do. Um, now, you know, now what, now, now what's happening. And, uh, this first section is on scriptural roots. Uh, what does it say here? King David was not only a great singer, but a great songwriter. So if you feel called to do it, you are in good company, friend, because David was pretty cool. He was also a king. He was also a king. Yeah. And he was pretty cool, except that whole thing with Bathsheba was... Right. A little sketchy. Yeah, but, you know, he's a king, and he writes songs, and, like, they're, like, still around today. So yeah. that's kind of impressive that's for cool. a king. That's to the test of time. Yeah. But uh, it's basically, like, a little history of Christian music here. But uh, origins of contemporary Christian music in the early 1950s, a few Christian musicians began to experiment with a radical concept. Radical? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Trying again to communicate the gospel and musical styles that the unchurched would identify with. Salvation Army Group. The Joy Strings. Yep. So, uh, and then learning from the past. Um, John and uh, Charles Wesley borrowed, you know, the principle of writing Christian songs and popular styles today. 200 years before them, George Frederick Handel did it too. You know, Basically, borrowing from your predecessors, mm-hmm. you know, leaning on their shoulders a little bit. Um, pop music in the Bible. Did you know there was pop music in the Bible? Yeah, I thought I read this, and I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, it's heresy, but it's interesting. It's, <laughs> it says you may be surprised to know that some of the scriptures themselves were probably originally set to pop music. Now it's a bit of a stretch because here, here's their <laughs> reference. Um, uh, Psalm 45 to 69, um, if you read the Amplified Bible, that version, it says, uh, it tells us the chief musician was instructed to set those psalms to the tune of the lilies. Um, and the New Living Translation calls the lilies a love song. So they're they're kind of taking a stretch and saying that those psalms may be set to a popular tune of that day. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe set to a popular tune. So in a set, and I guess that makes it pop music. But I mean, uh, whatever. It's it's a little bit of a stretch for me to go that far. But let's digress for a moment. Here we go. <laughs> and consider a principle. <laughs> we're reading. Yeah, we're reading right out of the book, actually. Page 232, if you're following along. Yes. In the vast diversity of religious expression, some people prefer to keep their religious lives separate from their everyday experience. Their lives are compartmentalized into religious and secular sections, which 
I think we can see today in kind of newfound ways that we've never been able to see before in history. Yeah. I mean, how many times do you see somebody like that you know as one person, one way in person, and then you go and to their Facebook page, <laughs> and they're like this totally different person. Yeah, and then and like you go weird. to their blog, and they're like a third person. It's like <laughs> who are like you? They've totally compartmentalized themselves into all these different people, and yeah. and depending on what they're doing, they're a different person. So yeah, um, but the religious compartment contains a special music, mm. perhaps precious to them. It has little to do with the way they live and think and their everyday experience, and they feel uncomfortable in letting the compartments mix. <sighs> Even so, be careful. Always use discretion in the way the message and the music work together. These are not songs about the throne, but about walking. You know, just, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of, of contemporary Christian music mm. is that they mix. Yeah. And... And I don't think I don't think there's as much need for caution anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, we we kind of moved past that yeah. whole stage. I think. I mean, yeah there there's a there's a place for everything, and there's a place where every every uh, genre of music is going to work well. I mean, yeah, we're never going to do any like heavy metal worship here, but there's a place where that will work, and there are plenty of heavy metal. Christian bands out there. There, there are places where hip hop works in churches. Yeah. It doesn't work in our church, but it it will uh-huh. work in plenty of churches for the and urban the, kids. And so it's like, you know, in the sense we have to use discretion where we don't want to. We're not going to mix a style that's not uh, relevant to our people, right? And yeah. and this next section, you know, watch for new directions. I think kind of hits on that. I, I like what Paul's saying. I mean, you know, basically just a reminder that. There's a constant ebb and flow to music, and you know what? Um, the the way that worship music is now is a lot different than it was 10 years, 20 years ago, and worship music 10, 15 years from now will be a lot different than it is today. And, and Paul even kind of uses this illustration that... All of our music in 10 years is going to be sung through auto-tune. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Something like... Yeah, I, I can't... Sorry, I can't do the auto-tune thing cool, but... Um. Yeah. Just have a you know Kanye West. He he's real big on that auto tune thing. Yeah, Usher's new song's got quite a fair amount of auto tune in it. <laughs> I saw this YouTube video that that took uh took classic um classic YouTube moments like Charlie bit my finger and and some of these other like really popular videos mm-hmm. and he set them all to auto tune. Um, and, and so when they're talking, you know, it sounds like they're singing because it's set on the auto tune for a certain key. And it's hilarious. I'm like, you know, man, uh, I think I, I think I like I like this auto tune stuff. I wish my life was filled with auto tune. <laughs> anyway, I can auto tune us, by the way. Hey, you should do it right here. I can't do it like on the spot. I have oh. to like do it for a whole track. Okay. Well, you, you should find a way to auto-tune us. We could do every episode of Worship Ministry Catalyst in auto-tune. Oh, sweet. Uh-huh. So all I was saying, <laughs> all I was saying, David, was uh, I, I liked what Paul said, how um, even some, there's this pendulum swing, how, you know, the last couple of years there's been kind of this, this move towards more, you know, intense, kind of passionate garage band type worship, 
which now that's leading a lot of songwriters to kind of go back to more of that 70s uh, style of melodies just because it hasn't been around, you know? So there's the pendulum swing, ebb and flow. That's part of music. The way of the visionary doesn't sound very appealing. <laughs> so let's just skip it. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, how fast can we get through this chapter? Well, just, I mean, just talking about, you know, if you're a visionary in music, then you might have to pay for that. You know, Bach was almost fired because his music was too advanced and a monk. The first monk who experimented with part singing was excommunicated. Um, and uh, 19th century, Ira Sankey, D.L. Moody's great song leader, was vilified by some for writing human hymns with newly composed lyrics mm. instead of new tunes for the Psalms of the Bible. You know, um, so uh, I, I got to just... I gotta just read some of this because I think it's pretty funny. There is, um, uh, they include in here a list from 1723, uh, the top 10 reasons for opposing the new music trend. <laughs> this is taken out of the hymnal in 1723, uh, mm-hmm. is a statement. Um, oh, sorry, this is a statement directed against the use of of the hymnal in seventeen twenty three. So against the use of hymns. Oh of hymns. Yes. See um yeah. So so imagine if you will, there's there's hymns that are being written in seventeen twenty three and it's this new fangled crazy music. Mm-hmm. It's pop music. It's pop music. Mm-hmm. And so uh so there was a statement that came out that was directed against the use of hymns. Uh top ten reasons basically to not sing hymns uh, which is funny now because uh, can you imagine um, talking to some of your old people at church and being like, "Hey, let me give you top, the top ten reasons why why you shouldn't sing hymns." I mean, they they'd be like, "What?" Yeah, we need some like David Letterman drum roll going on right here. Right. All right. So, so number ten, uh, it is too new, like an unknown language. <laughs> I can't do it for that long. Number nine, it's not as melodious as the more established style. Which is funny because now these are all the arguments <laughs> that are used why we should sing hymns right, right. and why we shouldn't do uh, yeah, pop exactly. music. Number eight, there are so many songs, it's impossible to learn them all. <laughs> I've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. Number six, it cre- seven, sorry, it creates disturbances. Four. It ca- uh, well, I'm going backwards order. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it, ca- it creates disturbance and causes people to act in an indecent and disorderly manner. <gasps> oh. Uh, number six, it places too much emphasis on instrumental music rather than on godly lyrics. Immortal, Interesting. invisible, God only wise. I know, boy, that's a <laughs> that's heathenistic. That right is about as far away mm-hmm. from good lyrics as you can get. Um, number uh, four, the lyrics are often worldly, even blasphemous. Uh, number three. This is my father's world. It is not needed since preceding generations have gone to heaven without it. <laughs> oh, I love it. We don't need those hymns. Nope. All right. of our fathers went to heaven without singing hymns. Uh, number two. It monopolizes the Christian's time and encourages them to stay out late. <laughs> Because, you know, when you're doing those hymn things, right. you're out to all hours of the morning. And the number one reason why you should oppose the new music trend, i.e. hymns of 1723, is those new musicians are young upstarts, and some of them are lewd and loose persons. Ouch. Oh. 
Can you imagine just all those people getting down on the organ back in 1723, all those lewd and loose people? Yeah, I mean, you know, Charles Wesley. Oh, can you imagine I can only how imagine. lewd and loose he must have been? Man, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> those young whippersnappers with their newfangled music, they got that long hair. Yep, yep, Isaac Watts. Oh, heathen funny. of all heathens. Funny. Yep. All right, let's move on. All right, we're moving on. The Lone Ranger Bites the Dust. Bum, bum, bum. The Lone Ranger Bites the Dust. As Christians, we are all parts of the body of Christ. And what we do in his name affects the world's perception of Christianity, reflects on the church, and has implications wider than our own careers. A detached body part moving around by itself is the stuff of horror movies. So don't be a lone ranger, which is what Worship Ministry Catalyst is all about. Yeah. It's a networking resource. Mm-hmm. David and I are worship pastors at different churches, and we get together, and you know, I have other worship pastors I work with. Don't do it by yourself, folks. If the church doesn't understand my music, I'll just do it without them. I don't need anyone but Jesus anyway. <laughs> That's a good attitude, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Be a voice for God. Um. Basically, just be a voice for God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Be a prophet. <laughs> Hear what the Holy Spirit is saying be. and let him say it through you. Yeah. And, that, and that's cool. We talked about that, mm-hmm. I think, in one of the earlier episodes when we did when we were going through the book about how, um, you know, we have a responsibility as songwriters, as worship leaders, that we're writing, you know, to our church body. We're not writing selfishly, you know? Yeah, we're writing songs that that we that our church body needs that don't yeah. exist. Yeah, that that fill a, a need or fill mm-hmm. a gap that isn't that is missing. All uh, right, here's on. here's what the whole book oh. points to. Here we go. This is the whole point of the book, page 242, a new day. In many churches, music is finally being recognized and given its proper place in ministry. Hey. Standing ovation. And the crowd goes wild. Where's your Where's your keyboard effects, yeah. man? Yeah, my keyboard's at home. So. Oh, man. But um, I, you know, I kind of over over dramatized it. Is that a word? I just made yeah, it up. Over dramatized. Dramatized. Over dramatized. I like dramatized better. Yeah, it works too. Okay, but um, I mean, yeah, when you look through the Bible, there there's obviously a ton of ministry that happens in the Bible, but. The only ministry that has a whole book devoted to it is music. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like the rest of it is is story. The rest of the Bible is narrative. Is narrative. It's what's going on. This is what happened, and then you get into the New Testament. It changes a little bit. You've got you know prophets and stuff like that. But but songwriting, you know, of of all the of all the forms of worship. And that's and that's one of the things I talked about. When people ask, "Well, why do we sing so many songs?" Well, it's because songwriting is biblical. Like song singing is biblical. Worshiping yeah. through music is biblical, and that's like, the, yeah, that's you know, one I, of the biggest, like the highest forms of things that sets us apart from everything is everything else. Every other creation is our creativity, and, and music is like way up there in terms of creativity so right. I, I remember teaching a, a sunday school class on worship and yeah i mean it's true music is really what sets us apart from all creation the fact that we uh creatively can sing make melodies make music and interestingly enough 
music is something that throughout history has always happened. We see it in the earliest parts of the Bible. You know, uh, the very first instance was, uh, I think, Genesis 5, um, uh, one of the songs, the song of Abraham or, or, I don't know, song of Eve or some song, right? Right in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Music always has existed. Music currently does exist, right? We do music. And music will always exist. In heaven, you read Revelation, you know, day and night, they never stop singing holy, holy, you know, I mean, uh, all throughout Revelation, you read about in heaven, this this constant choir. So, uh, and, and it's funny, um, you know, I shared with someone how, how uh, you know, my, my present choice of ministry career is actually job security because um, you got to realize in heaven, they're not going to need preachers because God's going to give us enlightenment, you know, to exposit scripture. You're not going to need like men and women's ministry coordinators or children's coordinators because we're all going to be in fellowship together. But the one thing they will need are worship leaders because you know what? Like worship is something that's going to be happening nonstop. So I picked the right career. And when Lucifer fell, he fell into the choir loft. Oh, no, that's great, that man. Has, like, no relevance whatsoever. That's great. <laughs> Just a joke. It's a bad joke. All right, what do we All got? All right, worldwide phenomenon. That's kind of obvious. Music <laughs> is phenomenal. It's the most widespread form in church history. And the awesome power of music. Many of us are aware of the mood-influencing power of music, but few have really understood the incredible power of music to change the world. Plato understood the power of music when he wrote, Give me the making of the songs of a nation. And I care not who makes laws. I will control the people. That's pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> well, then basically, you know, the next couple pages talk about how people have tried to use music to control people, stuff like that, and whatnot. The Houthis, the Nazis. Yeah. Explosive the, potential. I was going to say they talk about the Beatles in this section, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, they talk about just the influence that the Beatles had on music in general. Which they did. They did. Which, thinking about recording, which, little plug for future episodes. Here we go. Down, Next episode. Uh, we uh, we had an interview with Graham Cochran of TheRecordingRevolution.com. Check it out, uh, TheRecordingRevolution.com. Yeah, so we talk about... Um, taking you know the next step how to how to go from songwriting to recording a demo to recording a fully produced song think about the beatles there you go. and how they recorded i mean like what they just set up a mic or two in the room or three or four and just played their songs and recorded them mm. i mean it was probably a little bit more than that but you know if you go back further in time it's like you know the recordings that my dad did and they probably just like set up a mic in the room and recorded you know that yeah and like now we're where are we i mean yeah it's it's amazing how far it's come a long ways explosive potential explosive uh there's never been such a time as this for christian music worship music is now the most vital sector of contemporary christian music yeah i thought it was interesting here um that uh you know they, they were looking at the top ccm charts and uh uh, like the top three songs were worship albums. Um, well, Which, I mean, yeah, I mean, worship is huge. Yeah. And worship music is huge. But that's kind of like a, a moot point. I mean, the reason those are 
the top three is because, you know, companies and producers and whatnot have decided to push <laughs> worship music. <laughs> They're really plugging it. Yeah, it's, but it's not also, so much. Uh, but, but hey, I mean, not to disagree with you here, but... You can disagree with I me. will. Um, but also at the same time, I think... Yeah, maybe they're pushing it, but it's also resonating with people. It's resonating with people like music, worship songs haven't before. Right. And I, I think that's the key here. Um, God's purpose in redemption is to make worshipers out of rebels. Ooh, that's what A.W. Tozer said. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yep. The harvest field is ripe for sold-out musicians. What an opportunity. What a responsibility. Let your music change minds and lives and cultures. Uh, so in closing here... Go for it. Go for it. Remember that your gift is a trust for which you must give account, but enjoy it. Enjoy it. Revel in it. Revel in it. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Worship with it. Worship with it. Listen a lot. Listen a lot. <laughs> Jam hard Jam as hard. hard as an athletic exercise and master your music. You missed one. Practice long. Oh, did I? Yeah. Whoops. Practice long. Listen hard or listen a lot. Jam hard. Master your music. So... There we go. Boom. Yeah, and then you got your appendices. Checklist for songwriters. We're not going to go through that whole list. It's, it's by the actually book. not small. But uh, yeah, by the book. It's all the checklists that are in the early chapters, just all in one list. So it's oh. useful. Good for you. So hey. Hey, we're done. After 21 weeks working on this book yeah. or something like that. So anyway, hopefully uh, you've enjoyed that. Next uh, next couple of weeks, we're interviewing, like we said, Graham Cochran. So be sure to tune in for those. He's a worship leader, and he does recording. So he's got a lot of great insights into worship leading and recording and whatnot. But uh, Kevin and I are going to be going on vacation, but the podcast yeah. will be popping up on time. So you will be able to download the those. The podcast will continue despite uh, our vacation schedules. But then once we come back from that... Uh, We'll, we'll be right new. back into worship. Yeah, it'll be fun. Worship Ministry Catalyst. We will be here for you, and uh, we're trying to we're trying to expand our table. You know, we're we're inviting Graham in. So if you want to be a part of our podcast, yeah, give send us, us an email. Give us a holla. All that's required is Skype. Yeah, and uh, if you have a Skype account, then we can we can talk with you. We can chat with you, and a, you know, high speed internet connection. But right. anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world. If Even you have Australia. those things, Even Australia, folks. you will be a part of our network. And if you don't have those things, but you're able to download this podcast, you are a part of it. You're network. still a part anyway. of it. So, so hey, that's been, uh, that's been God's Songs. This has been another episode of Worship Ministry Catalyst. You can get in touch with us online, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can send us an email to davidworshipministrycatalyst.com or kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And we have a social network for the time being at worshipministrycatalyst.com. Social network might be going away. Oh, sad. It's going to start costing money. <laughs> so, You're like, I don't want to pay for this. Yeah. So, uh, hey, if you really want to use the social network, then... Uh, then send us it, your donations. Well, no, not donations, but if if it proves to be really useful for a lot of people over the next month or two, then then I might think about paying for it. Mm. But, but I'm not going to pay for it if we're not going to use it. So that's true. So uh, yeah, and then I think I've hit everything. Cool. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, hey, we'll catch you on the flip side. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again. Happy soon. Happy summer, everyone. Bye.